You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our free Sound of Heaven app. There's a lot of great resources on there. All of our teachings, our articles. There's an online community that you can stay connected with. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on those notifications. Don't miss anything as we are going day by day, almost day by day. We take some days off sometimes, uh, but we are studying God's word. We're in the gospel of Matthew and going through Matthew chapter 16. Uh, we took, if you're listening in real time, we took a few days uh, off and to to let you know where I was at, I had said last week, I said, all right, well, we're going to move some of our special guests to Monday when uh, I'm sorry, Monday, Tuesday, and then we'll we'll go Thursday. Well, Thursday is Thanksgiving. So you can see kind of where I was at. We had a lot going on. So I ended up taking Nick last Thursday and Friday. I'm back feeling, I would say, somewhat refreshed. We had a big weekend over at Sound of Heaven. Uh, and, uh, you know, I should have uploaded some pictures. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. But uh, we are in the midst of completing our Thanksgiving turkey drive. And uh, we are, I think, we've got to be well over 80, uh, probably close to 80 families, maybe more. Uh, once again, uh, you all have come through in your participation to help us to bless others. And uh, it's just an awesome, awesome thing. So right now in the parking lot, um, a little bit early pre-recording this. If you're watching on the live stream, I've got uh, probably about 30 to 40 turkeys in the back of my van right now for delivery and we'll be doing deliveries throughout the day and then more throughout the week because it's like more families are coming in uh, more donations are coming in and i just love it when god takes over and uh and and really makes it simple all we have to do a lot of times is be willing to do uh to do the work and uh god just makes a way for things to happen so God bless all of you. Thank you for uh, taking part in that. I mean, if you still wanted to take part in that, fantastic. You can reach out. Go to soh.church backslash Thanksgiving, uh, but you'd have to do it over the next few days. Now, if you're listening at a time where it's not Thanksgiving, uh, you know, I hope this uh, encourages you to go out and be a blessing uh, to others in some other ways, but check us out. Go to the Sound of Heaven website. We always have something going on uh, that you can be a part of because that's part of the Christian walk, right? Is is we uh, we give. That's what we do. We we love because He loved us first, and you know we as freely as we receive, and and we are blessed every day. We freely give. Amen. Awesome. So let's get started with our study today. Again, we started uh, a few days ago in Matthew chapter 16, and we find the Pharisees doing what Pharisees do, the religious leaders, but we see what kind of somewhat of an unholy alliance uh, at the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, two uh, groups that did not have much love for each other, but they were sure happy to unite against the message of Jesus. And what do they do? They demand a sign. 
of Jesus. So because it's been a few days, I'll just go back here a little bit and uh, just kind of go through uh, one through four. It says the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him, asking him to show them a sign from heaven. So in other words, they're saying everything that Jesus did so far was not from heaven, uh, but was somehow natural. Uh, although they couldn't cast out demons, they couldn't heal lepers, they couldn't do any of that. Uh, but they didn't, didn't. The bottom line is this, right? They did not want to believe that it was God. And uh, so often, people don't want to uh, really embrace God because they know it'll force them to have to change th some things in their own life. And it's exactly what was going on here. But Jesus replies and tells them, right, it, you, you're good at seeing signs in the natural every day. You look at the, when the evening comes, this is verse 2, you say it'll be fair weather for the sky is red, and in the morning it'll be stormy because the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret uh, the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret signs of the times and the interesting thing is we've gone over several times before is that these were the scribes and the people that were teaching the word of god these are the people that were you know opening the scrolls of isaiah in the synagogues and teaching on you know what the prophets were saying and concerning the messiah and the truth was right in front of them and they were missing it and they were missing it i would contend and you let me know what you think they were missing it because they didn't want it to be true. And that's ultimately a lot of what is going on in the world, a lot of the rejection of Christ. Because, if, if first of all, I think it's safe to say that the church sometimes does not do a good job of representing Christ. So that is a major stumbling block to some. But also... It, uh, in many cases, it, it's, a, uh, it, it's, it's a, moral, a moral issue. A moral issue more so than it is a uh, philosophical issue. When, if you're going back and forth with somebody, and I don't recommend that you argue with them, but if you're going back and forth and, in a conversation, feel free to stop and ask and just say, hey, let me ask you a question. If you found out Christianity was true, would you become a Christian? This is something that apologists like Frank Turek all the time use. And if they say no to that, you kind of see where the person is, right? They're not really interested in the truth. They're interested in their truth and understand that regardless of what the world says, our truth is not always the same as the truth, right? Our truth is what we objectively want to believe. We want it to be a reality. And because we have free will and uh, honestly, a lot of power, we can make our own perceptions a reality. But what happens is, is when we deviate from truth with wrong belief or rejection of truth, it doesn't last. And it leads to things that corrupt, that disappoint, uh, that frustrate. Uh, and it leads to a life that is far less fulfilled than if we were to just, you know, pursue God uh, with our heart and with our soul and with our mind, which kind of leads into this next part that we're going to study for the next few minutes today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 16, 5 through 10, going to take the next few verses. And what happens is, right, Jesus tells them in verse 4, right, a wicked and perverse and adulterous generation seeks a sign. 
So if we're sitting always and saying, prove it, God, prove it, God, prove it, God, and he's really proving it all around us, um, our heart's not right. So they cross over, and we'll just uh, read it straight here, starting with verse 5. It says, they went across the lake. The disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, said Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they discussed amongst themselves, verse 7, and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Now, hold on a second. Did Jesus not just feed 5,000 men and then a bunch of other women and children and then 4,000 men and then a bunch of other women and children after that? So I think them not bringing bread, I I don't think that was going to be a hindrance. If Jesus wanted bread, Jesus would make some bread right? He's done it before. He'll do it again. There's a sermon in that. But so they're going amongst themselves, but Jesus is not meaning when he's warning them to talk about actual physical bread. He says, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they say, oh, it's because we didn't bring any bread. But Jesus being aware, verse eight of their discussion asked, you have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So let's just take the next few minutes and let's break this down a little bit. And we've talked about the leaven before. We talked about the the leaven in the previous parable. And uh, I had shared and I lean very heavily toward leaven in that parable. And most certainly here being a symbolization of corruption and wrong teaching and false teaching. And I want to just hit on why leaven is used as an example and over and over again, and why Jesus would have used this and why it made sense to them. Now, we eat a lot of, if you don't know, let me back up. If you don't know what uh, unleavened bread is, right? Leaven is yeast, right? Yeast is what makes bread rise makes it makes it uh fluffy and yummy if you ask me but um in the nor'east culture in the ancient israel culture leaven signified sin and corruption and why because if you know anything about yeast what it does is it starts a process of fermentation okay and that promise of a process of fermentation leads to souring leads to swelling. Uh, Ultimately, what fermentation is, it's a process of decay that starts. Now, we, in certain types of things that uh, deal with wheat and barley and bread and all this stuff, we take advantage of that process and we make food very, very yummy. But the symbolization of this is, is that when when something gets in and begins to decay, it corrupts that thing. It's very much why, like at Passover and at Jewish feast and festivals, they go with the unleavened bread because it's a symbolization of purity. Okay. And what he's, what Jesus is telling them is 
be careful of the yeast, the teaching of the Pharisees. Because what were the Pharisees teaching? The Pharisees were teaching, and the Sadducees were teaching, well, even though they believed different things about the law. They were ultimately trying to pull people away from the truth that was being established as the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God, what? Brings righteousness, peace, and joy because it is the truth. It is life-changing. Jesus is taking the kingdom teaching and he is bringing the miraculous into this world. Now, understand that when we try to take kingdom principles and point to natural things, it's not always a perfect example, okay, in, in a way. And hear me out on this. So the thought process here is that when yeast gets into bread, it corrupts it, right? We talked about it just a second ago. It sours it. It swells it. It spreads throughout and corrupts it. And it does so in a way that is relatively secret, right? It's kind of below the surface. And once it's in there, it is in there. You're not getting it out. You gotta, if you don't want it, you want unleavened bread, you gotta chuck it in the garbage and start all over again. Well, our life is not like this. Okay. Think about this. That is what it's like in the natural. Now, I want you to imagine what did the kingdom bring into uh, realization for us? Is the implementation of the supernatural. Okay. So when I'm talking about this, and Jesus is warning them, hey, don't let the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees corrupt you. All throughout, from the time of Jesus, all the way through the book of Acts, really all the way till the end of the age in 70 AD, um, and even today, right? We have false teachings that unfortunately get in, okay, and it corrupts. We have false teachings, you know, from folks in the church. And honestly, individually, we have false beliefs just about God in general. Let's talk about, you know, just an example. Let's say you have not had the best situation with your parents, with your father. You didn't grow up and you grew up with some challenges. You might have a view of God that is incorrect. Imagine that as something that is tainted. That's really what we're talking. We're talking about a tainted um, viewpoint of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had a tainted viewpoint of God. They, they, they were believing that he wanted them to hate their enemies, uh, that he was perfectly fine with them shunning lepers and, and just not doing the right thing. So let's look at it in the context of us that maybe, uh, you know, some of us that maybe didn't have a good home life. Well, if you are looking at God through the lens, let's say you had a, a an abusive um parent situation, and you now looking at God through that lens, your concept of God is soured. It's corrupted. Okay. What happens a lot of times, think about the swelling. When we have false doctrines, you can always tell when somebody's unsure about what they believe when you challenge them. And when I say challenge them, simply want to have a discussion, they swell up, they puff up and they want to come back at you. Right. So you, I hope you're getting the, the visualization here. And unfortunately, what happens with false teaching or, or false belief is it spreads into all the areas of your life. 
and it does it sometimes without you knowing. And that's why the process of learning about God is really a process of renewing your mind, right, so that you can be transformed. And this is where the supernatural comes in, okay? This is where your reliance and my reliance on the things of the natural can help, can really make us fall short, right? In the natural, if we just use the bread analogy, the the natural, you can't get it out of the bread. It's in there, you're done, you're cooked, that's it. You're eating unleavened bread, whether you like it or not, or you better chuck it in the garbage. Our life is not like that, okay? So the what we try to do, right here each and every day is we try to hash out and find out what is really true. What is the perfect viewpoint of God? What is the perfect visual of God? And what do we always point to? We point to Jesus. Jesus is the perfect representation of God. So I say this a lot to my brothers and sisters and folks that want to point to the Old Testament and ask, is the Old Testament God a different God? Is did God change his mind? No, we have to read the Bible properly. We have to look and see that anytime something happens in the Bible that is not lining up with the nature of Jesus, then it's being presented by somebody who does not fully see or fully understand the nature of God. And that is because in, in the Old Testament in particular, they didn't have Jesus in front of them as a perfect example. So when they're talking about God wanting them to kill all the Canaanites, when they're talking about, I mean, I could go through a lot of examples here, but we're, we're at our 1%. So I want to be, uh, I want to stay in line with our, our time here. But I challenge you to read the Old Testament. And if you come across something and you say, like, oh, here's an example, Elijah, right? We, we tout Elijah as this hero of the faith because he called down fire and he slaughtered all the prophets of Baal. But I would present to you that that was not what God wanted him to do. And you know why that is? It's because when Jesus and his disciples were getting rejected and walking through, they said, hey, Jesus, you want to call down fire and wipe these people out? And what did Jesus say? He says, no. <laughs> You do not know the spirit that you are of, right? He's telling them, you don't understand the true nature of how I want you to be. And we really struggle. And, and in the same way that a lot of these Pharisees and Sadducees struggled. They didn't want this kingdom that said, hey, love your neighbor, except that all are accepted. Man, it was blowing their mind that Jesus is breaking bread and handing some to Gentiles. It was blowing their mind that he's sitting with tax collectors. It was blowing their mind that they were running away from lepers, making them say, unclean, unclean. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus is walking up to the leper, putting his hands on the leper. So we have to ask ourselves, are we more like the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Are we more wanting our enemies to absolutely obliterated and destroyed? Are we wanting to just adhere to a bunch of traditions and laws and not really have a relationship with God? If that's the case, then somewhere, some false teaching, right? Do we look and we think every time we make a mistake, how about this one? Every time you make a mistake, you're automatically disqualified and, and somehow out of the graces of God, and you've got to work your way back in. God stopped loving you. I mean, how many of us go through that? 
messed up last night. Now God hates me again. That is yeast. Maybe not necessarily. Well, yeah, that's the yeast of the Pharisees. That is a a wrong belief that has somehow gotten in, soured your viewpoint of God, made you swell up, and corrupted you. And if you allow it to remain, it will spread. But, again, if we're talking about real bread, can't get it out of there. But we're not. We're talking about me and you. We're talking about living bread. We've got Jesus inside of us. And you want to counteract the natural? You rely on the supernatural. That's the miraculous power of God. That's our ability to renew our mind on a daily basis. Just understand. Just come to the understanding that there are some things that you are wrong about, that we that we don't know. And but our pursuit of truth is what helps set us free. Helps set us free. So I I hope that you come to this study every day with an open heart and an open mind. We didn't even touch on the disciples. They didn't get it. I mean, we look at them. They say, oh, it's because we didn't have any bread. Jesus is like, come on. If I wanted to. All throughout Exodus, what did God do? God dropped bread from heaven. God can. Physical stuff is not a big deal to God. But for us to seek understanding. To seek truth. To seek the supernatural. You got to let the supernatural things of God change you. Because there's things that are in the natural that are insurmountable by you, by your own strength and your own power. But if you trust the supernatural power of God, he'll change you. And that's what the Pharisees were rejecting. That's what they were rejecting the whole time was the ability for God's Holy Spirit to change everything. But what did Jesus say to Nicodemus in John chapter 3? He says, you were willing to be born again, can be see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, what do you mean born again? I got to climb back up in my mother's womb. Jesus, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about you being both born of water physically, yes, but being born of the spirit, being changed from the inside out, being supernaturally transformed. And that's the only way to get all the yeast and all the, corruption and stuff that we've kind of added on to our doughy lives here is to call upon the supernatural of God and say, God, change me from the inside out. Only you can remove some of this stuff. That's what we really mean by God's truth setting you free. It's cleansing you. It's bringing you back to a pure understanding of God. And the less tainted your understanding of God, the more you will see him manifest in your life. So I pray that that's what we are doing here each and every day, that we are bringing more clarity to not just what scripture and verse means, but more clarity to the true nature of our Father in heaven. And if we can do that, then we can be confident in who we are because we're made in his image. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters that are listening. I thank you for everybody who has contributed to help us to feed folks in the community, Lord God. As we go into these next couple days, help us to have gratitude for you, for everything that you've done in our life. Help us to have humility to understand that we don't have all the answers all the time, that sometimes we allow for things to get in and corrupt even our understanding of you. 
And we want to know you clearly. We want to know you so that we can embrace the power that comes with having you in our life and pursuing you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We head out, we do something amazing for Christ's sake. So go out to your remaining 99%, do something amazing, be a blessing today, and pursue God with all your heart. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.